hi, this isn't Bill Shatner, but uh, if I was, I'd be listening to the Inglorious Trexperts podcast. Why don't you? Hey, hey, this is Chase Masterson, host of Disco Nights, inviting you to join us every Sunday as the disco party continues with our fabulous guests. Like us. Like you. And you, our audience. So we'll see you here next Sunday night. Bring your disco shoes. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And if you're a fan of the 430 movie, you'll love Best Movies Never Made, hosted by Jodorowsky's Dune producer Steve Scarlatta and Josh Miller, where they explore some of the greatest movies that were never made, from E.T. 2 to Tim Burton's Superman, Night Skies to Star Trek The Academy Years. New episodes available every other Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Back in the 70s and 80s, before the advent of VHS, chances are if you saw a classic movie, it was on the 4.30 movie. With their famous theme weeks, it was a chance to see movies you'd never seen before and get reacquainted with some old classics. So now, join us for the 4.30 movie. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and this is Love Means Never Having to Say You're Sorry Week <laughs> here on the 4.30 movie. I'm here with our band of love-struck programmers, uh, starting with Steve Melching. I know. What? <laughs> Darren, I don't know. As Darren, you wish. Darren Doctorman. Yeah, I, I, I had no response to that. <laughs> I got no love in my heart. <laughs> Look at your heart. And uh, Ashley Miller. I have uh, love tattooed on one fist and hate tattooed on the other. <laughs> Thank you, Robert Mitchum. And uh, I'm, I'm Mark A. Altman, and we are welcoming you to a very special episode for Valentine's Day of... Love story week. It's not very special. Yeah. They're all special. Well, this is more special because it's about, <laughs> love. It's about love. love. It's about love. Well, this is the podcast you can listen to with your significant other. And celebrate your love for the movies. So Tonight, we celebrate the movies you had to go love watch with you. your companion. Your yeah. Or if you're me going to see The Hunger, and you can with your mom. celebrate it with your mom. Coming oh. soon on the 430 movie. <laughs> movies not to watch with your mom week. <laughs> After that, we'll have movies not to watch with anybody week. <laughs> Solar babies. Tonight on the Love Podcast. <laughs> yeah, you know, okay. So when we were growing up, there, you know, on Saturdays, a staple of Saturday Night Television was the Love Boat. Sure. And it was sort of an anthology, you know, three uh, th- three different stories. You know, as people found love on the Pacific Princess cruising the Pacific Ocean. Who, if you could have... Pick anyone to guest star on the Love Boat. This is your fantasy Love Boat guest star? Who would it be? Who would you like to see on the Love Boat, Darren Doctorman? I don't want to see anyone on the Love Boat. I don't want to see the Love Boat, dude. Love, <laughs> it's exciting and new. Yeah, it's, come aboard. This is something for We're everyone, Darren, you. including you. It's the Love Boat. Oh my God! I don't... come back to me. How okay. about Cindy Morgan joins the Love Boat? Nineteen eighties <laughs> Cindy Morgan. Cindy Morgan. Why not? Ashley E. Miller. Diane Lane. Oh. All these blasts from the past. Oh, Cindy right. Morgan from Caddyshack. Uh, I thought we Caddy were Shack. period appropriate from the uh, and, 70s and 80s. And then we had, uh, we, we, we have uh, oh. Diane Lane from Streets of Fire. All right. And now Darren. Barbara Eden. Barbara Eden, Eden from I nice. Dream of Jeannie. Wow. And now uh, you, you, Mark. I was going to say Bill Shatner, but apparently that's not. Well, he's also beautiful. No, I, I'm saying it's like who? What, who do you? You're not, you're not getting it. It's who do you want to see guest star on the Love Boat? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Pamela Helmsley. Oh, okay. From Buck Rogers in the 25th. <laughs> Princess Ardala. <laughs> loved her. Now I changed my vote. I want Ernie and Bert right. from Sesame Street. That's amazing. Okay. <laughs> well, because we're progressive wow. now, and now would be yeah, it'd be good to see. I'd love to see their story on the Love Boat. That would be great. Yeah, right. I'd I'd watch that. <laughs> And, Penny, is that your <laughs> and Prairie Dawn, the Muppet that got between them. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> this is going in a weird direction. The show really jumped the shark. All of a sudden, it's the Happy Land. <laughs> okay, well, we're we're celebrating Valentine's Day. So and it's an awkward start, much like the beginning of a relationship. What should to this you podcast. bring? A beginning <laughs> fumbling <laughs> is a very delicate fumbling in the dark. Uh, so, uh, 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 Darren, what 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 do you recommend for Valentine's Day? You Spray. bring <laughs> what do you bring a loved one? What candy, flowers, uh, uh, gift certificates? <laughs> well, McDonald's gift certificates have always worked very well. No, look, I've always thought that um, uh, a uh, small gift and a big gesture 
like a trip or something is is better than a lot of candy and stuff like that. Mm. But candy always works too. Mm, candy. Candy is dandy, but next to is oysters, quicker. the ultimate aphrodisiac. <laughs> um, candy oysters. Well, you know, I you know, an, an, a nice meal is is always you know, it's kind of cliche, but that's a, a time when you and your loved one can uh, you know get dressed up and go out somewhere and eat some nice food and spend some you know a few hours together uh, out of the uh, you know your your hectic lives. You can just uh, have a little have a little one on one time. Nice. Or a uh, piece of 430 Movie logo wear. I just thought of that <laughs> uh, looking at your cool shirt, which That's is available right. at 430movie.com. So if you want to be really cool, <laughs> get your loved one a 430 Movie t-shirt uh, wherever uh, 430 Movie logo wear is sold, which is which is at 430movie.com. <laughs> you know, that reminds me. My wife, uh, for Christmas, actually, I want to get her the uh, Boogie Nights Version. You mean that's what you got her for oh, Christmas? Oh, that's what I got her for Christmas. <laughs> that happened. We're in the future now. She loved it. <laughs> you, you, she you doesn't it. wear anything else. We've been nice doing this for neck. like six months. You guys still don't understand the way time works. And we <laughs> record and then it airs. It gets mixed and then it no, airs. I mean for Valentine's Day. I'll get a turn for Valentine's Day. There you go. Yes. Yeah, for Easter. Sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, so uh, Ashley, what about you? What, what, what do you recommend here? Look, man, um, I have been. And always shall be your friend. Yes. For for 26 years, 26 years as of November 13th, 2018, which was far, far in the past. For 26 years, 26 long years, I have struggled to answer this question. And in 26 years, I have never answered it well. Now, as we sit here recording this, my new assistant is sitting in the back. Well, my assistant's trying to, to figure ex- it out for you. Yes, totally. He should be. He should be. Um, or he's fired. So there you go. I I what I'm going to do whatever he figures out, and it better be good. Uh, <laughs> Why don't you get her a Blu-ray of Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula, since she liked Dude. it so much on your first date? <laughs> Great <laughs> idea. I feel like I'm in The Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? Let's get out of The Devil Wears Prada and get straight to Love Story Week uh, Monday, Steve. Yeah. Well, if it's Monday, I'm going to go with. Uh, it's 4:30. Time for movie. Uh, I'm going with the first real grown-up love story that I ever saw in a theater. The Empire Strikes uh, Back. No, it's Witness. Uh, I was close. It has Peter Harrison Weir's, Ford in it. It has Harrison Ford. <laughs> Peter Weir's film from 1985 um, uh, uh, um, with the wonderful Maurice Jarre score starring Harrison Ford and uh, uh, Kelly McGillis and Lucas Haas and uh, Alexander Gudnoff, Danny Glover. And a very young Viggo Mortensen. Uh, he plays one of the Amish. I did not know that. Yeah, yep. he's in a couple of scenes. Mm. Um, I did love Kelly him. McGillis, though. Witness oh, in Top Gun. Ooh. Sure. Yeah, it's a good one-two punch. Oh, this is why I th- one of the first R-rated movies, another one of the first R-rated movies I remember seeing in a theater. You keep saying that every week. This was like the first time. Well, How many I, R-rated movies did you see? First, uh, <laughs> you know, after Alien and, um, you know... Uh, this was in a theater, and this was going out. I think I went by myself. Uh, I think I just turned. Uh, I think I just turned seventeen, so I could see it on my own. And I had a car, um, and you know Harrison Ford was in it, and um, I thought, you know, I'm getting older. I'm getting grown up. I can see a grown up. I think Siskel and Ebert gave it a good review, right. which uh, you know back in the day. Um, they were, you know, this was appointment television for me anyway. I'm me sure too. it was for you guys. Absolutely. Um, they always had good suggestions. I, I really miss having people like them around. To we um, are those people well, now. <laughs> but we're not. We're not. Yeah, I, I suppose. Yeah, we're, 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 we're state of affairs. <laughs> I, it truly is because you're absolutely right. I mean, there was a certain film critics that you always relied on. Yeah. You know, and and none more so than Cisco Nebert. I mean, there were people like Richard Corliss. Yeah. For me, in the Times, it was Vincent Camby and Janet Maslin, and um, uh, you know, uh, in in the um, in the New Yorker, uh, obviously Pauline Kael. Um, there's so many of these great film critics where you really knew they understood film and 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 valued their opinions. Yeah, that they, doesn't they, exist they anymore. Knew their the history. Uh, they had good taste. They had broad tastes. Um, they could you know comment on a variety of things about a film mm-hmm. um you know they were they were vetted you know over many years of uh, having to you know get jobs at these prestigious well, publications you could yeah. tell they loved 
movies, you know, they just love movies. I mean, God, I mean, the loss of Roger Ebert and and Gene, yeah. uh, a huge loss to to cinema scholarship. Yeah, I mean, I remember watching them on PBS, uh, uh, Siskel and Ebert at sneak the movie previews. or sneak previews. Yeah, and then uh, then it became the, at the movies. Yeah, then it became Siskel off. and Ebert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, I, I'm pretty. I, I know that this, as like so many films that I that I sought out, uh, other you know, they're the movies that I wanted to see because I was a young geek and just wanted to see all the sci-fi stuff. But it was Siskel and Ebert that in- interested me in to go outside in, your comfort yeah, zone. Yeah, exactly. Well, Push me yeah. out. Of the one band. of the things I, I love about Witness is um, at at one point, good lord, maybe I'm imagining this. Maybe I dreamed it. We did a a podcast about the Amish in the no, shadow never. of. Star Trek we did. Yeah, we did. We did. We did that one. <laughs> we did many yes, we so, did. That was December seventh week. I, I, I attempted to week. uh to define like what makes a Star Trek movie. And um in many ways, uh I think Witness for me kind of falls into that into that paradigm. Um it, what I really love about it is it is about this person from uh, that I recognize, I can you know identify with in kind of his own way, Harrison Ford, this detective going into this completely different world yeah. um, and just disappearing into this culture, but he is still an alien. Um, and these aliens won't do basic things to protect themselves, to take care of themselves, at least from his point of view. And his journey is learning about that culture and learning um, like what the things that he rejects about that culture say about him and what he needs to learn and who he needs to be. And it's And it's really just this terrific character journey on top of yeah. being a great thriller it's you you watch the change in this man it's not like he suddenly becomes gandhi uh but but he definitely looks at these people in a different way there's a certain sort of above it all contempt at the beginning of the film you know and by the yeah. end of it it's it's a completely different deal and it is in a way about our relationship with technology versus our relationship with each other and in that sense i think maybe it's an even um more relevant movie for this time uh than it was in the time that it was made i mean the amish don't friend each other on fucking facebook yeah, it's it's a it's a kind of a double fish out of water film I mean, it opens with kelly mcgillis and her son traveling to the city to be with her uh sister in the wake of her husband's untimely death and they get drawn into this the son witness is a witness to a murder and Harrison Ford uh, is the detective in Philadelphia who is investigating the crime uh, discovers that the suspect is a fellow police officer and is nearly killed uh, when they realize that they're that he's onto them and has to hide out in Amish country. And that's what Ashley's talking about, this moving into this Amish world of no technology and, and a very religious, uh, gentle, agrarian um, uh, community. And it's great to watch, you know, first they, they, they don't want to bring him in just as much as he doesn't, you know, I don't think he wants, he doesn't want to be there. Um, they, they, sort of uh, nurse him back to health. It's a little bit paradise syndrome. Yeah. Well, that yeah. was, that and, was uh, Mosquito Coast. And, and you know, he, uh, Kelly McGillis and he, they really don't, they don't like each other at first. Um, she doesn't, she resents being forced to stay with Harrison Ford's sister in the city while out of for their own safety while they're investigating the crime. She wants to move you know, move on with it. He just wants to solve the crime. <laughs> then he gets stuck up in Amish country, and and so there's a lot of tension between them, which is great for any you know a, a great romance movie. And it's really wonderful to watch these two characters that are sort of bound together and, and, and get drawn together. And, and I think this might be the first movie I cried at in a movie theater. I was so sad or so, you know, so sort of happy and so sort of sad. Yeah. And the, the resolution to the movie is just wonderful. And, and I can't say enough good things about the, the technical aspects of it, the cinematography. I believe Peter Weir was also the cinematographer. Is that right? I'm not sure. Uh, it was, um, uh, it, um, it it won an Oscar for its screenplay and its editing, and then Harrison Ford was nominated for Best Actor. Uh, the film was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director. No, John Seal was the director of photography. Okay, the great John beautiful. Seale. He's great, and yeah. the cinematography is just lush and gorgeous. Um, and 
it, it's it, yeah, Harrison Ford gives a great. This is his first real dramatic performance, yeah. and it was kind of a revelation. It's like this guy can act, and uh, it's not a huge stretch for him. Right. But he he. But it proved that he was a movie that, star. Yes, he's he's not just he's not just the spaceman, yeah, this or goofy the character, or yeah. And he's terrific in it, and that then, uh, and and the success. It was a it was a very successful film, both uh, in terms of awards and and financially. Uh, it encouraged him to stretch, and his next film was The Mosquito Coast, With Peter Weir also, also directed by yeah. Peter Weir. I really love The Mosquito Coast. Also, uh, unfortunately, audiences didn't. Right. It was not a particular success, and it but it's seemed... more uh, beloved now than it was when it was released. Yeah, it, it, the, the Harrison's character in that was so sort of prickly, and mm -hmm. it, it wasn't a feel-good movie. Um, but it, it's terrific, and. You know, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's not easy to see. It's not readily, unfortunately, not readily available. Um, but uh, I think the the uh, the relative uh, failure of that film discouraged Harrison Ford from continuing to push himself into those kinds mm -hmm. of films, and he kind of retreated back into the more traditional leading man uh, movie mm -hmm. star roles. Um, but the, there's this barn raising sequence mm -hmm. that's just like transformative in that movie. I mean, it's got this, this it's almost without dialogue with mm -hmm. where the score takes over and the editing. And, and it's absolutely beautiful. It's stunning. Uh, all the great location work out in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, and you know, they really don't make movies like that anymore. I mean, yeah. it's a cliche, but you know, unfortunately, this would probably be a TV series now, or a limited series. Yeah. They would, they would, they would sell it as a, oh, ten episodes, and they put a movie star in it, and then if it was hugely successful, they say, oh, and next season, wait, well, yeah, I thought it was a limited series. Yeah. Uh, but witness uh, again. Well, it's a, yeah, it's one of those one of those movies that was a, a mid budget movie. You know, yeah. today it'd probably be made for like forty or fifty million dollars. It's got a big movie star or an indie for a million. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. They don't make. They literally don't make them like. This and it was anymore. a huge hit at the time, as yeah. you said, and uh, very much in the cultural conversation. Yeah. Um, and and, and, and you know, I love what Ashley was saying. It's about what I what I really like about a lot. Of, I really like movies that introduce the viewer to a new world that you maybe don't know much about, and it could be anything from like fighter pilots and Top Gun. Or you know any any sort of subculture or or or, or you know that you that's outside of your your everyday uh, experience and and getting to spend an hour and a half in Amish country is just it was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, that was a great great choice. But and a great love story. It is a love story. You know, it's a great yeah. love story. I think. Darren, so. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Well, here we are on the second day. Um, Mark, you were mentioning before about um, uh, Woody Allen's uh, making Manhattan a a character and uh, really sort of expanding the knowledge of people who've never been there. And um, you were also mentioning that uh, no one seemed to do that about Los Angeles, but I say that someone has, oh, LA and Story. they did L.A. Story oh, in 1991, mm -hmm. um, uh, starring Steve Martin. Victoria Tennant from the and Winds Victoria of War. Tennant. And Victoria um, Tennant. Sarah Jessica Parker. It's and Sarah Jessica mm -hmm. Parker. Yes. From Sex and the City. Correct. <laughs> later. Later <laughs> in Sex and the City. But it's such a a sweet, um, funny, uh, goofy story. Uh, all, you know, all shot around Los Angeles and the environs. And it's really a love letter to Los Angeles and to the crazy people that live there. And I absolutely love it. There's a there's sort of a a dream sequence in the in the middle of the film. It's you know, it's uh, where uh Victoria Tennant and Steve Martin's character uh they're taking a walk and they're falling in love and there's a moment that they both are looking into a reflection of themselves and they both have turned into children. And it's just mm. so moving and wonderful and sweet. And I absolutely love it. And Steve, you know, Steve Martin is amazing in whatever he does. Oh, he, he wrote it. He, well. he wrote it as well. And it's just, I, it's so good. And it's a sweet love story. It's one of my very, very favorites. In fact, kind of going back to uh, my, my, wife of however many years that's been. <laughs> um, I actually, L.A. Story was one of my girlfriend tests. Like, mm, really? Like we, like, we watched it on video. And yeah. I would know, like, if I was going to continue dating her, if right. she dug this movie. And if she didn't, there was nothing. Yeah. Um, and done. of course, we're done. done. Get out. You don't like it? Steve <laughs> says go. Uh, no, but she loved it. 
Uh, I would argue that, and by the way, that scene you're talking about is just beautiful. The um, the entire movie is like a dream sequence, mm-hmm. but in a wonderful way that like, but now that I live in, in Los Angeles, I get on a completely different level, but it made me want to live in Los Angeles. Right. I wanted to try to get a table at Lydio's right. and like have to deal with a maitre d' who is like, you know, it's like, you can have the chicken. How can you expect <laughs> to have the duck with a credit rating like this? Played by- Played by Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart, who is so awesome. You cannot have the duck. <laughs> you can have the chicken. Um, the, the just people getting into their cars to drive to their neighbor's house. I yeah. mean, just it's or just all... you know eating and an earthquake strikes and they just sit there. And no one notices. And no one pays knows. attention. And they yeah. pick right up where they left the off. The crisis of the movie in the third act is he's a weatherman and every day it's the same goddamn <laughs> weather. And so he thinks, you know what? I'll be safe if right. I just pre-record it and run <laughs> off and do this thing for love. And like all of a sudden, <laughs> it's a storm. You know, it just it's it's a beautiful, the beautiful movie. And the, weather. the road signs talking to him. Yeah, um, if great. you have not seeing this movie you have to see this movie it's just it's beautiful and it's joyful it's there's charming. not a, it's yeah. totally there's not a negative bone in its body there's no cynicism in it it's just it, it which is weird if you sort of like this sort of the satire of LA that it's not cynical about it mm-hmm. it embraces yeah. it it loves it well let the cynic with a negative bone in his body interject no. I, um, <laughs> I, I, I I like LA story I think it's cute uh, I actually, if I was going to pick a Steve Martin film, would go with Roxanne, which I think is a much better film. Um, well, if did you pick that for Thursday? I did not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cute. I mean, I like it. I'm 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 surprised, uh, you know, by uh, uh, you know the 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 amount of affection this movie has. I think I, I like I said, I think it's cute. I I you you wouldn't be steering yourself wrong to watch it. You won't not enjoy it. Well, you it's wouldn't nice, make the girlfriend test. I, I would, not, clearly, would not be my girlfriend. Clearly not. Um, it's a nice meditation on life in L.A. Uh, you know, it's big and it's, it's goofy and the talking road signs and freeway signs and everything. But it's it, you know, it's it's it's. But again, you know, Steve Martin is an acquired taste. I, I'm not a I'm not as huge a Steve Martin fan as other people. But um, but and, you know, and this was sort of the maturity him him maturing over this era. You know, coming from the man with two brains and the jerk, and you know, the wild and crazy guy mm-hmm. and King Tut of the '70s, sort of maturing yeah. as an artist in the '80s, and it was definitely you know a great step forward. Like I said, I, I prefer Roxanne. <laughs> That's fine, Fair. and I, I love Roxanne, Roxanne too. It's terrific, but I I love L.A. Story better. Yeah, I just adore that movie. Um, no, no, and, and, and I, I get it. It's a good choice. It's a good choice for you. Um, and uh, oh and, and on, 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 uh, on, on that's Tuesday, LA that's Story. Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, Ashley, what, what else was on the girlfriend test? Well, Wednesday. So many things happen on a Wednesday. We, you know, I think it's special that, that on Love Week that I get Wednesday because, as we know, Wednesday is hump day. <laughs> I said that Ishtar. out loud. Was there a <laughs> Can we stop the podcast? And Henry <laughs> Thomas and Dabney Coleman <laughs> and Cloak and Dagger. Oh, God. Yeah, so um, it's, you guys are going to think I'm making a joke, but I'm not. Why is that not a movie, by the way? Is there Hump not Day? a movie called Hump Day? I know, right? It's like, let's write that now. It's like we can sell it on a napkin. Are you kidding me? It's like, Zach, call my agent. Um, <laughs> just, oh, let's sell the sucker. Uh, it's Hump Day, and the premise is... Um, wow. It's like Groundhog Day, you know, only with bumpier. You're going with something like romantic and sweet, and there it goes out the window. Oh, my God. Okay, so I'm going to read It'll be a very that. different podcast with four women. I, I just want to say that. It'll probably be more I would hope so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just I'm going to reset a little bit. Okay. Um, so the movie I have selected for Wednesday. Okay, uh, here's the deal. It's great. <laughs> Thank you. Thursday? No. Uh, it's a classic. Um, in many ways, it was unappreciated at the time uh, that it came out. But very quickly, it was recognized as one of the greatest films of all time. Roxanne. Um, in my opinion, one of the greatest love stories of all time. And considering the amount of things that are going on in this movie, I, I think that the love story at the heart of it is probably, my opinion, the, the best part of the film. Um, and it contains one of the, the best, most effective and powerful moving declarations of love in cinematic history. I am speaking, of course, 
of The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, come <laughs> on. Jesus Christ. Did I take yours or you think I'm insane? No, I think you're insane. I did not put The Empire Strikes Back for Love Story Week. The Empire Strikes Back is a love story. It's like the entire Han and Between Leia a boy and his action figures. Turns on oh, I thought you meant that, between Yoda and yeah, Luke. Oh, yeah, that too. I thought between <laughs> like, Han and Chewie. Part, it's like, yeah, blah, blah, the force, whatever. The, the, the best part of that movie is between Han and Leia. And it's about their relationship. It's about like that Howard Hawksian, like, you know, yeah, I'd rather uh, kiss a Wookiee to I love you, I know. I mean, it's it's a perfectly described well, it's appropriate that Leigh Brackett, who wrote for Howard Hawks, wrote Absolutely. that script. That's right. Um, His Girl Friday. It's like there's, there's just so much of that in this movie, and it's moving and it's effective because of that. Let's face it, Mark Hamill, not the greatest actor in the world. But when you get, like, um, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher together in these scenes, it's completely completely electric and it's completely awesome um and you know there's the uh it, it there's the the famous story about um you know the the script originally read leah saying i love you and han says i love you too uh and it was on the set mm-hmm. that uh that harrison ford i i think uh, can, harrison could you think of something else so that he you could out his that you could say oh. <laughs> during that time um maybe something that maybe Han Solo would say. Oh my God, Erwin Kershaw Kersher is with us. I cannot believe it. He's been dead for 10 years, but he's returned to join us for Love Week. I've, I've never met anybody. Oh, he's gone now. <laughs> it's amazing. That's an amazing Erwin Kershaw. You know who does a great Erwin Kershaw? Matt Gorley on James Bonding podcast. But man, oh, that was know. really good. You know, sometimes you got to break out the new ones. <laughs> I, 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 wow. And I, I interviewed Erwin Kershaw. Man, that was spot on. That was fantastic. Wow. Now, I, look, I know you think... Like I'm, I'm insane. I'm insane. I'm not insane. The Empire. Look, like look Kurtz at the poster going of that down movie. river. Insane. Mm-mm. Look at the poster of that it's movie. The Gone like, with the Wind. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. it is. Yeah. It's, it, that's that's the that is where the real power of that movie comes from. Otherwise, it is Mark Hamill talking to a puppet. And then, like, he gets into a like fight. it's a bad thing. I mean, which is cool. And I look, it's fine. It's good. Right. That part is good. But the great part is what happens between those two characters. That's the reason why I love to watch it. You guys are just stunned into silence. We, we kind of are because obviously we could talk at length about, about how great uh, Empire Strikes Back is. So let's Back talk is. about how great all, the Empire Strikes Back is. We all love Empire Strikes Back, but it's not because of the love story. It, that's an element in it. Agreed. I, I just think there are so many better love stories that don't have puppets in it. Well, there is no puppet in their love story. Uh, can I ask you this? Well, there might be, but those scenes that are cut, if you know. If someone is well, watching the love story. Space lo- slug, that's a puppet. If someone is sure watching is. the love story on the 430 movie, are they tuning in to watch The Empire Strikes Back? Maybe. Maybe for, maybe, <laughs> maybe for a sequel week or Star Wars week. Well, let's or talk about how well we know week. our audience. Let me tell you something. Our audience would watch The Empire Strikes Back on Valentine's Day. But I want to broaden our All audience. six of them? Possibly seven. <laughs> Possibly seven. I have to say, actually, the 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 podcast is doing way better than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always welcome. Yeah, we 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 have. Yeah, so, um, but um, it was until he nominated The Empire Strikes Back uh, for Love Story Week, in which we lost half our listeners. Um, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I think you know what? It's all about. What you want. Each person is charged with the sacred responsibility of curating a week of theme movies. If you feel The Empire Strikes Back, this isn't Friday. Friday is is you. Friday's consensus. You know, well, look, and, it, it continues the, the you know the the promise of the love triangle that was established in Star Wars in 1977. It develops it. Um, it puts them, you know, these characters that are like you said, a classic sort of bickering, uh, you know. Uh, couple uh, forces them together by circumstance and um, you know they they their true feelings you know come to the surface and they you know they realize they really care about each other and then you know the story then kind of continues in Return of the Jedi but the the triangle collapses when you know we find out that Luke is actually Leia's sister spoiler alert and then a puppet really does Luke get in the middle is of Leia's it. sister oh, and then in Force Awakens <laughs> it's totally shattered when you find out that magical relationship never lasted yeah yeah it's well, kind let's of sad. not go there okay there's plenty of time to talk about things that we don't like That's later right. but now we're celebrating 
Empire Strikes Back. I I feel awkward being in the position of dissing on The Empire Strikes Back because I love The Empire Strikes Back. It's one of my favorite movies. I just, there's so many, I just, I love Story Week. Oh, okay. I guess. If that's if that's where you want to use it, because you can't use it again. Carbonite Week would be better. I'll tell you why, like, this is the place to talk about it. Okay. Because, look, we collectively have talked about these films, the Star Wars films, over and over with each other, with other people, on panels, on podcasts, you name it, in so many different contexts. And it's always about the same goddamn thing. The the mythological storyline. Exactly. And the reason why it makes sense to talk about Empire in the context of this week is because it is permission for us to talk about these characters as human beings, mm-hmm. um, to talk about these stories in, in ways that like we find what we're watching on screen to be affecting, um, and that it's not just about the, the big ideas. And yes, we always sort of talk about the, you know, the whole, Luke, I'm your father, and all that other shit, which is great. Spoiler but we talk alert. about that stuff. You know, the... What is what is contained in that Han and Leia relationship is is it's just it's material that we haven't completely unpacked yet, and I think it's important. I think it has a huge impact on um, on all of the Star Wars movies. My God, Lucas chased that relationship in those terrible prequels. He, he didn't understand what made it work. I don't think he understood what made it work in The Empire Strikes Back. What makes it work in The Empire Strikes Back is that Han. He has an interest in the princess, but he doesn't really care, and he doesn't really show it. Right. And that's what makes him more desirable to her. Yeah. I think he does care. He just doesn't show it. That's what I just said. No, you said he doesn't really care. <laughs> no, I said he does care, but he doesn't no, show it. No, you said he doesn't really care. Well, Whatever Whatever I said, said what it. I meant. Okay, okay, okay. No, <laughs> that, that, I, I get it. Care, I get it. I, I, no, I follow. I just, I, I, I want to clarify. Also, I want to say, well, there's a very easy way to fix this. If we change it to movies we love week, then, <laughs> 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 then The Empire Strikes Back slides in nicely. Uh, but for Love Story, okay, look, it's your choice. I mean, you know, you can go down with the ship. It's your choice, but I warn you not to underestimate my powers. <laughs> I, I mean, I look, you, you know, I appreciate your argument. I think it's well-reasoned, as it all, always is. Um, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I will defend your right to say it with, to the death. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Yeah, kind of. To the pain. Kinda. To the pain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, it's your choice. All right. Well, shall we move on to Thursday? Uh, yeah, let's do Thursday. Um, the pressure's on now. You better pick a really good love story after well, yeah. no, you, after you, giving you, Ashley all you, that. You, yeah, you, that's you, right. You you you, you uh, proceed from a false assumption. You assume I care what anybody thinks. <laughs> <laughs> that much is certain. <laughs> I have no ego to. You know, it, it's really funny because you know you mentioned the LA story and how Manhattan was a great love uh, ode to New York, and I, I thought about that because it, it's Woody Allen's ode to um, New York being the greatest city in the world, um, but. Even for Love Story Week, I actually got the memo that said it should be about great love stories. So um, my uh, my film is Casablanca. Yeah. And um, God damn it. What? Well, I was hoping it would be something that I could shit on. And you picked like one of my two favorite movies of all time. Well, I'm sorry. Well okay. played, sir. Um, <laughs> I, look, I, I, Casablanca is not only an incredible love story, it's an incredible war movie. It's also an incredible story of... I wouldn't say unrequited love, but the realism of of the realism of of uh, sometimes un, unobtainable love. Yeah, and, well, and the know, sacrifices like, we have to make. Well, and witness is the same way. You know, it has these 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 two characters that are drawn together that are then forced by apart. You know, they can't be together. I, I love that kind of tragic. I'm one of the reasons I picked this. Not only is because one of my favorite movies of all time. It's because I'm amazed at how many people have not seen Casablanca. Mm, yeah. I kind of assume, you know, when I have conversations, that like, of course, it's a given that everyone has seen Casablanca. Apparently, this is not true. No. And uh, if if you have not seen Casablanca, if you're one of those barbarians who thinks that black and white films are not for you, um, then you're missing out on. Uh, We're not here to judge you, but you're wrong. Uh, and stupid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then uh, you're missing out on, on, on truly one of the great pieces of, of cinema ever. Again, a completely challenged, challenging production um, uh, development. Uh, you know, based on the play. Every, you know, everyone goes to Rick's. Um, 
it shows the power of a great producer. In this case, it was um, uh, Howard Koch. Wasn't it Howard Koch? Yeah, Howard Koch, who um, you know, who 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 shepherded this process through the process. You know, Michael Curtiz, a director that by all accounts everyone hates, not as much as Otto Preminger, but but right. was pretty loathed in his time, um, and made a masterpiece. You know, one point it was rumored that uh, Ronald Reagan was going to play Rick. Um, it is not that different from Witness Ronald in the Reagan, sense the that, actor. <laughs> that that Harrison Ford is our generation's Humphrey Bogart. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, Bogart stars with the luminous Ingrid Bergman. <laughs> um, and, of course, is, is, is uh, you know, uh, doesn't seemingly doesn't care about anything or anyone, but actually cares quite deeply right. and was uh, shattered by her uh, seeming rejection right. when she left him in Paris um, on a rainy day as the Nazis rolled in. You were blue, the... Germans wore black, um, <laughs> and uh, it, you know we talk we talk about movies with quotable lines. I mean, I think last episode you talked about Caddyshack having quotable lines or The Karate Kid. Let's talk about a movie <laughs> that has some of the greatest dialogue ever written for the screen. Um, you played it for her. You played it for me. It's just I, you know, and I, I recently I think Steve, you came with me. We saw a nitrate print yes. at the uh, Egyptian theater. And it had been a while since we'd seen it. I don't think I'd ever seen it theatrically. I think I'd only seen it on, not the 4.30 movie, but uh, you know, on television mm-hmm. and on Blu-ray. And, and um, to see it on the big screen in a pristine oh, print was a on the million-dollar movie it was. It was on all the time yeah. in New York, yeah. all the time. Every once in a while, the Arclight will, uh, will show it mm. as part of their whole Arclight Presents series and their AFI series and all of that. Um, and my God... How amazing does she look? Like? I, I would keep your eye on the Cinematheque schedule because okay. uh, a couple of years ago, the Cinematheque, the Egyptian theater, uh, remodeled their projection booth to be able to show these nitrate mm-hmm, prints. Mm-hmm. And I believe this was the first or, nitrate, first or was, second print first, that they showed. Yeah. It was the first nitrate, and it was introduced by Christopher Nolan. And it looked stunning. And it, it, it looked like it was made yesterday. Yeah. And uh, it is an extraordinary, extraordinary film. It's one of those movies, you know, like Citizen Kane to me is my favorite movie of all time, right? But I understand some people that don't like it because they can't appreciate Wells' genius in, in terms of... Casablanca is the everyman's favorite right. film because it's just so accessible. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, you know, and just the, the cast, you know, all this 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 rich tapestry of East German immigrants who are playing, you know, who are basically playing roles that they lived in real life. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go through the supporting cast and then, and, and, you know, Peter Laurie, he doesn't have a huge role, but, as, you know, as Bugatti, he's so memorable. And, you know, the whole conceit of the letters of transit, which was completely made up, but felt so no real. I have why I'm doing this, Rick. But... And, uh, <laughs> you know, and of course, the actor who I forget offhand who played the... Um, German um, uh, commandant, the Nazi commandant, was Jewish, you know, Jewish actor. I mean, it's, it's so, there's so many, you know, if you've read Algene Al Harmitz's book about the making of Casablanca, there was one more recently, We'll Always Have Casablanca, which is a, a good book about the making of Casablanca. Uh, you know, it's a fascinating story how that movie got made um, and why it endures. And uh, Warner Brothers did a beautiful job with their... Um, uh, Blu-ray anniversary release. I hope they put it out in 4K, uh, although I can't imagine it looking much better than it did in that last uh, last release. But I, I absolutely, um, I adore Casablanca. It is one of the great love stories of all time. And of course, it, you know, in a way, it's a love story as much between Claude Rains uh, and uh, Humphrey Bogart's uh, Rick Blaine as it is with Ingrid Bergman, because of course, look who ends up together, you know. And Ingrid Bergman clearly wants to go with Humphrey Bogart and... Uh, you know, uh, you know, Paul Henreid clearly knows she wants to go with Humphrey Bogart. And in a way, that's almost enough for Humphrey Bogart to know. And, uh, it, you know, it's great. And then, um, uh, you know, if you want to, you know, do a double feature, uh, Woody Allen's Played Against Sam is a wonderful companion piece to uh, Casablanca as well. But uh, I, I, I can't say enough good things about it. I'm shocked. Shocked that there's gambling going on in this system. Nobody ever says, play it again, Sam. No, they no, don't. No. It's like beam me up, Scotty. Yeah. Um, I love Casablanca to pieces. It uh, I hadn't I didn't see it for a very long time. I rejected the idea of seeing it because it was just a classic, and I just felt it forced upon me. And then I got my head out of my ass 
Uh, <laughs> and I watched it, and it just it it blew my mind. It broke my heart. I mean, I it like fucking cried. I mean, it's just it's great. It's so brilliant. The dialogue is just fantastic. You know, it's like you know, why are you in Casablanca, Rick? It's like for I came for the waters. <laughs> We're in the desert. It's, I was misinformed. I mean, it's just it's a brilliant film. His arc is brilliant. There's only one real misstep in the film, and that's kind of the flashback montage to like being in goddamn Paris, mm -hmm. which I, I mean, I don't know what the fix is for that, but I am pretty sure that the only movie where you're allowed to have that kind of a montage anymore is is Casablanca, and everybody else is just, no, forget it. Um, yeah, I, I could see why you would say that, but there's also so much power to seeing him happy. Oh, yeah, for you know, sure. The, Absolutely. The, the counterpoint there. For and sure. then, you know, him waiting by the train. And also, you really see Sam's love and affection mm -hmm. for Rick, you know, when he sees what pain he's in. Uh, you know, Dooley, uh, Dooley's character is such a, um, you know, often gets overlooked, but, uh, you know, the, the power of that friendship is it's it's really amazing, and it's Sydney Greenstreet. Oh, I know, right? You know, uh, who is uh, yeah, you know, uh, it's just it's so. Oh man, I, I think you know, talking about it, I just want to go watch it right yeah, now. Totally. And the ending, of, I mean, look, look, what can we say about the ending that hasn't been said? But if you don't know the story, um, there was a movie that didn't really know what the hell its third act was. Uh, until the very last minute that the Epsteins kind of famously came up with the usual suspects. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, it was like a miracle yeah, yeah. bolt from the blue solution that hit them um, at the last possible moment uh, to make that the resolution of the film. Um, and what I, what I love most about it is it, first of all, it's a perfect payoff. Uh, it, it reminds us how much we love Renault. Um, who, you know, it's like, I'm shocked, shocked to see gambling going on in this establishment. <laughs> You're winning, sir. Thank you. Um, but I love that there is this sense, it's, that it's not just, um, it's not just, uh, you know, Rick, um, who has been kind of energized and we sort of see him kind of, you know, walking off, you know, from the hangar, um, with Renault. It's like, they both are. Mm -hmm. I, I, in my head, like, these guys kind of go off to re, both together to rejoin the fight. Right. Um, and it's just so moving and it's so uplifting. Um, and it's just I, I as, as much as like that Paris thing, I, I, I can criticize it. But the truth of the matter is this remains one of my two very favorite movies of uh, all time. Uh, it's period. great until you read the very mediocre novel uh, sequel as time goes by, oh, which is what happens when they join up with the French Foreign Legion. And oh, God. but uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 so great. And you forget at the time that this was being made. It was before America was in the war and there was a lot of pressure on. Warner Brothers, because Warner Brothers was very anti-Nazi, um, and it was very controversial because there were a lot of forces that were very isolationist in the country mm -hmm. that didn't felt the studios, particularly the Jewish studio moguls, were pushing America into war to get involved in the war. And then by the time Casablanca comes out, you know, it, it really becomes this beloved movie because it shows the Nazis for what they were. Um, and, um, you know, people were really on board the train by then uh, in terms uh, of of uh, Warner Brothers, uh, you know, in terms of being anti-Nazi, uh, uh, you know, um, you know, wanting to, 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 you know, bring down Nazi Germany. You, you know, there's um, a story that's kind of cool about uh, Casablanca, the uh, about the about the screenplay that how it was it was used basically by some. I think it was some writers. Oh, this to, is a great story. Yeah, yeah. To uh, to punk the studios, oh, yes. um, <laughs> they sent out um, the script. For Casablanca, with under the title "Everybody Comes to Ricks," right, and every studio in Hollywood passed on it, mm -hmm. and nobody recognized. Okay, it. it's very funny you say that because I was in a meeting I don't know, two or three weeks ago with a studio exec, and they were talking about they had a project that was very similar to Casablanca, and I said I told them the story about how this script went out, and they did not believe me. They said that ca that got to be apocryphal. There's no way people don't know Casablanca, and I said no, it's true. And they didn't believe me. They went online. I said, "You're not going to listen to me. Go ahead, go online." And they, I'm Mister Four Thirty Movie. And, and, and yeah, right. oh, I'm <laughs> don't you know who I am? <laughs> and they I've went online, and, and they started. They they really are. They said, "Oh my God, you're right. It's even worse than you made it sound." And they're like reading. It's like people had no idea what Casablanca was. They didn't even like change the the the, the character names and things like that. And they they just they could not believe that all these readers and all these people didn't know what Casablanca was. But they don't, and that's why it's again. You know, for me, there was very little question as to what 
a movie you know I wanted to pick this week um, because not only is it an amazing movie and wildly entertaining, but it's a, a you know it's a great love story. And even as a kid, it was a love story that I enjoyed. You know, and as you say, when you're you know yeah you know younger, it's like the love stories don't necessarily appeal to you unless it's The Empire Strikes Back. And um, uh, but I've always loved Casablanca, and I always will. I've always loved Casablanca, and I always will. But I've hated Klingons. Um, yes. So Friday, uh, we got a lot of a lot of possible options. A lot, oh a God. lot, and uh, we, you know, obviously they're the obvious low lying fruit like Titanic. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. There's more uh, eclectic stuff like uh, um, Michael Gondry's Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Right. Classics like Gone with the Wind. Um, there's also more recently Blue is the Warmest Color. Mm-hmm. Um, Shakespeare and Love. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I would I would argue for. Um, well, Arsenal Gentleman's great. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. I'm going out to my car with my wife, and I won't be back for 15 minutes. Wait, no, that was the Simpsons parody of an <laughs> officer. <and> just... <laughs> I got nowhere else to go. Um, I, one of my favorites uh, uh, is um, the Philadelphia Story mm-hmm. with Jimmy Stewart, Cary mm-hmm. Grant, and um, uh, Kate Hepburn, uh, in which Kate Hepburn has uh, as Tracy Lords, which was became the. Uh, Nom de Plume and Spy Magazine in the 80s, mm-hmm. uh, and then also for a famous porn star, right. underage porn star, um, basically is remarrying uh, a real dud, and <laughs> Cary Grant is trying to break up uh, the uh, the relationship, and there are two reporters there, to one of them is Jimmy Stewart, to cover the wedding, and it's based on a play, very famous play, but uh, it's just, it's funny, and uh, everyone's just great in it, and it's the, you know, the, the era of the the great movie stars and everybody is in, in their sweet spot. Kate Hepburn is the definitive kind of Kate Hepburn role and Cary Grant's being Cary Grant and Jimmy Stewart. It's just, it's, it's, it's super great. It's George Cukor, um, really terrific, uh, uh, romantics comedy. Well, if we're talking about classics, um, a movie that I hadn't seen, well, other than Empire Strikes Back, uh, <laughs> a, a movie that I hadn't seen until about five or six years ago. I saw it, I didn't expect that I would dig it. Um, my wife kind of dragged me to it. Again, it was like an Arclight Presents uh, kind of a deal. And I just, I I love it. It affected me deeply. Um, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Audrey Hepburn is just, she's perfect in that movie as Holly Golightly. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, there's one for spoiler alert week. Uh, but no, she is, she is perfect. Um, George Pappard uh, plays a young man who wants to be a writer who's basically like he's the kept man of this very wealthy woman. If you can find him. If you can find him. I mean, the, the interesting thing about that film is that, look, Holly Golightly is an escort, but what you realize as the movie goes on is that literally everyone in the film is a prostitute. Right. Um, but it is also- Even Mickey, Ro- Mickey Rooney playing an Asian. That's right. Oh uh, everybody in that film is is um, is um kind of in that, that role, but it, it really is about just wanting- Love and wanting something authentic, um, but it's it's told from the point of view of, of all of these people who are caught in these sort of very inauthentic lives, and in Holly's case, quite literally, um, a, a life that she invented to get away from a life she didn't want to be a part of, and um, and the movie turns on what happens when Buddy Epson <laughs> shows up. Um, this well, he, he's either like you know Beverly Hills. Beverly Hillbillies, or you know, at one point like the Scarecrow, and anyway, he's great. Uh, but he shows up, and um, it kind of spins her life in this whole new direction because she's suddenly confronted with the truth. She suddenly has to to deal with the truth of who she is. Um, it is so well made. It is so funny. Um, and, and again, Audrey Hepburn is just uh, luminous. luminous. <laughs> like, that's that's a great great choice. I, I I'd like to throw one out uh, if if you don't mind. Um, Rob Reiner's uh, yes. Woody Allen movie. Yes, when yes. Harry met Sally yeah. uh, on my list as well. Uh, yeah. Written by Nora Ephron. It's uh, you know Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan, and it's great. It's uh, great. It's great. We follow them through I think three or four uh, times in their lives when they are brought together by circumstance, and we see their developing love story, and it's really fun. And how about the uh, framing device? Of yeah. the couples the, the, telling their the interviews stories, the interviews for, for old uh, old couples about how they met, mm-hmm. and that's the the best description. It's Rob Reiner's Woody Allen movie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's great. Yep, it's great, and that scene, 
Oh, it's just everything about everything about Billy Crystal's never been better. Uh, Meg yeah. Ryan, it, it you know defined her as the sort of sweet it girl of the eighties. It's it's so charming. Mm-hmm. My friend and I were at the Horn and Hallard cafeteria, and uh, I look over there and I see this girl, and I say, Norman, that's the girl I'm going to marry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what, what's funny about when Harry met Sally. Also, it has a great scene where they're watching Casablanca on television. Exactly, oh, yeah. that's <laughs> what reminded me. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's uh, what reminded me because uh, everything connects. I I, I love that. Um, well, and speaking of Rob Reiner, we would be remiss if we didn't mention the a few good great men? story about true what? love. Oh. In the yes. passing, uh, we are mourning the passing of William Goldman, uh, The Princess Bride. Oh, yes, mm-hmm. yes. You know, a, a, you a modern classic uh, romance, fairy tale, um, absolutely charming. Every, you know, everyone knows it. Um, or in its original Cylon, By Your Command, <laughs> which also means I love you. And it's, that's also a, a love story in a number of different directions. Um, you know, even the story of Inigo Montoya seeking revenge, revenge for the death of his father is a story about a boy's love for his father. It's just mm-hmm. there's a, it. It infuses everything. The relationship um, between Peter Falk and uh, and what's his name, uh, Fred Savage. Fred Savage. Fred Savage. Yeah. You know, just that's so that's so beautiful. The yeah. ending mm-hmm. is just so beautiful. You know, it's like Grandpa. Do you think he read it to me again? I I love that movie. It's Every beautiful. frame of it is yeah. perfect. My my choice has the uh, greatest meditation on um, relationships ever. It has uh, basically a relationship is like a shark. It has to keep moving or it dies. And Jaws of Revenge. Is that, that your that's, choice? That's from no, it's from <laughs> 1977's uh, uh, Oscar award winning uh, movie Annie Hall, which uh, you know I uh, obviously one of, another one of my favorite movies for the of all longest time. time. I resented Woody Allen <laughs> and would never see his movies because, because it, beat it beat Star, Star Wars. Wars for Best right. Picture. Right. And when then you were I kid. grew up. <laughs> yeah. And I think the one the first I was going to nominate a different Woody Allen film. The first Woody Allen film I saw, Hannah and Her Sisters, yeah. which I oh, absolutely yeah. loved, yep. and that brought me down the rabbit hole of uh, another great Woody Allen. He obviously makes a lot of love stories, but one that always affected me was The Purple Rose of Cairo. Yes, mm-hmm. a wonderful love story to Jeff the movies Daniels. as well as to, yeah, to... where. Uh, uh, Mia Farrow is uh, escaping her miserable life in the depression and an abusive husband in the movies and is enamored with this screen star played by Jeff Daniels who looks down at her from the screen and notices her there at every show and steps down, comes down off the screen and begins a romance with her. It's absolutely charming, uh, wonderful film, beautiful black and white cinematography. I'm sorry I rushed right over Annie Hall, which is a fabulous No, movie. no, 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 not at all. And, you know, one of my favorite uh, love stories of all time is um, Otto Preminger's Laura, where uh-huh. basically yeah. a detective falls in love with a dead woman, right. you know, his picture. He's investigating her murder. And, uh, you know, as he hears all these stories about her, he falls in love. And it has um, um, uh, just a sparkling wit, you know, what, what amazing uh, dialogue. Waldo Lidecker. Um, played by Cornell Wilde, I think. No, not Cornell Wilde. Oh my God, I'm slipping. But uh, it, just a brilliant performance there, um, and uh, it's so smart. And Gene Tierney, Loomis does not even do justice to what she <laughs> is in this movie. Uh, but it's a great. It's part noir, part love story, and a lovely score by David Raxson. Oh yes, yeah. very much so. That that's a very iconic piece of music, the uh, Laura theme, and I, I I truly love that. But you know, not all love stories have a happy ending. You know, love story certainly doesn't. Uh, uh, love, but but uh, the one I'm thinking of is um, Dangerous Liaisons, Stephen oh, Frears' yeah. movie it. about um, the things we do for love or lust. Right. And um, it's beyond my control. It's beyond my yeah. control. And well, it's, yeah, right. and you know, speaking of sad endings, you know, maybe this is better suited for Shakespeare Week. But I was blown away by Baz Luhrmann's Rome, William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Yep. With uh, uh, um, Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes, right. uh, it was such an entertaining, you know, so brilliantly visualized, mm-hmm. so energetic. I never knew Shakespeare could be so vibrant and and sort of relevant and it just really brought that story to life. I was going to go to the mattresses for When Harry Met Sally, but I have to say, to me, I think Romeo and Juliet is uh, the best way to cap off uh, a love story week. Uh, I just want to suggest a few more films, but yeah, you know, I think I that... Too, uh, before you do that, I just want to throw out one more 
Cameron Crows Say Anything. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Get the boombox yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play the podcast on the boombox. Yeah, right. Well, and, and, a, and a film that Darren actually introduced me to that's become one of my favorites, Billy Wilder's The Apartment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How do we a, miss that? Wonderfully oh, yeah. sad. There's just so many. That we have an abundance of riches here. Yeah. Like yeah. Better Off Dead. Yeah. <laughs> actually, yeah. Yeah, fun, that's what you're gonna be if you keep. <laughs> <laughs> if you, um, you pick a Star Wars movie again, uh, <laughs> Jean Pierre Junet's Amelie. Yeah. I have that on my list for sure. Charming if, French if film. If the if the protagonist of that film were a middle aged man, it would just be creepy. <laughs> uh, the 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 the, uh, the English Patient. I'm not a fan. No, oh really? I like the English Patient a lot. Okay. Um, but. Um, uh, you know what I, I also wanted to mention uh, because I love these films they may be too slight for, for you guys uh, this week is um, Richard Linklater's trilogy I was going to say Before um, Sunrise Before I love Sunrise, Sunrise. Uh, Before Midnight uh, a little you know. underwhelmed by the third one but oh, I, I love, love the, the third. first two I think so the much. third one's the best one <laughs> okay but I, a worthy trilogy. Uh, I, I think it's so great. I, I didn't think it's bad. It's just my least favorite of the three. I, I love all three, and I love yeah. the audacity of the premise of filming these movies at a certain time in the actors' lives, and in, in, in yep. Richard Linklater's life, Ethan Hawke, Julie, Julie Delpy, mm-hmm. and then revisiting it every 10 years mm-hmm. as that. It's almost like the 28 up of narrative yes. dramas. Right. Yes, and um, I just think all three of those films are so special, yep. and I really hope they do one more mm-hmm. um, You know, mm-hmm. in another couple of years. Uh, it's they're just wonderful films. And uh, Brokeback Mountain, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, which yeah. I think got robbed at the Oscars that year. But a terrific uh, Ang Lee uh, well, story. Ang Lee. Ta- talking about Ang Lee, then Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, oh, which is yes. beautiful and just I just oh. makes me cry. I I I think that is probably better for Wuxia or Martial Arts Week. Right. But boy, yeah, I it's a. Oh, I mean, it's the first or movie I ever saw twice in Telluride. Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> that, right. I mean, it's like you, you get Ang Lee to do a Star Wars yeah, movie, right? Yeah. How great would that be? Yeah. Yeah. We got it all figured out. Catherine Bigelow, Ang Lee. <laughs> I mean, we have all these directors that should be doing a Star Wars movie. Um. So what? You're sighing? No, because it will never happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but my God, it's so right. It's the best Star Wars movie that's not Star Wars. We should have done Crouching Tiger into the Shadow of Star Wars Week. Yeah. yeah. That would have been a good choice. So I guess we got to come up with a uh, a film for Friday. Um, I, I personally really love the Romeo and Juliet suggestion, but um, Darren, what do you think? What do you what do you have in mind? Well, we already... I know, but like of what you've heard, you, you th- what would you push for Friday? When Harry Met Sally? I, I would push When Harry Met Sally, absolutely. Return of the Jedi? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, no. Um, oh, my God. I'm on the fence because, uh, but I am between When Harry Met Sally and Romeo and Juliet. It's, part of me thinks that Romeo and Juliet is the perfect way to end this week. I, that was kind of what but I thought. And no Harry disrespect Sally, because I love When Harry Met Sally. I yeah. think you're absolutely right. But, and I wish we'd done New Year's Eve week. We could have had the Poseidon <laughs> Adventure and We're in Harry Met Sally. Um, but and other things. <laughs> but it just feels like for a lo- you know, movie about love, uh, you know, and, and I, I don't know, it sort of ends, it, it also depends, do we want to go on a hopeful note with when Harry met Sally, that love uh, can transcend well, all these problems, or do we want to end with Romeo and Juliet the, the, with the, the death of love? The love yeah. conquers all cut of Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's a little, a little I, We could go along with our I Christmas would, message of don't kill yourself. Right. <laughs> yeah. That was from Glorious Trek. Oh, yeah. Nobody Sorry. knows what you're talking about. In the, you know, <laughs> Happy New Year, don't kill yourself. Oh, in God. The, in the world of text messaging, Romeo and Juliet doesn't work. Yeah, that's, that's so true. Oh, <laughs> my God. That's so funny. You should do a whole special report on how mobile phones and te- ruined te- drama. Yeah, ruined drama. Yeah. You can't do horror movies anymore. That's why everything's a period piece now. I would, I would vote to go positive with uh, When Harry Met Sally. That's just my feeling. What about 500 Days of Summer? No. I mean, it's fine. fine I love but that But it's movie. not sure. good. No, it's not. Uh, you know what? You've convinced me about going out on a positive note. Up with love. And up yours, love. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Although, you know, it's just his. It's just Rob Reiner's version of Annie Hall. But, uh, but I, I look. I go with when Harry met Sally. I love when Harry met Sally. I um, I first saw it in New York. Uh, I think during my college years, and I watched it all the time. I mm-hmm. I watched it all the time. I movie has incredible repeat value. Um, again, another movie that I think our generation knows backwards and forwards that right. doesn't have mm-hmm. maybe. 
people don't know as well now. Right. So it'd be a great movie to champion. And they don't teach it in English class. They don't teach it in English class. It's and, and somebody didn't they say it's not like do, you know reading homework or something? No, that was yeah. in Glorious Trexworth. Right. So uh, Romeo and Juliet is homework, whereas when Harry met Sally, is dessert. Yes. What? Vegetables. <laughs> um, so what do you think, Steve? You you only uh, said I Romeo mean, and Juliet. I, you know, I I think it's I I like it fine. To me, it is kind of second rate Woody Allen, and I prefer uh, Princess Bride in terms of. Oh, uh, I changed my vote. Of uh, oh my god. Princess Bride of, of Rob Reiner romance films, but I, you know, I, I like it fine, so I would not, you know, object if. Uh, I don't know. If to the me, Princess Bride, knows. and I love it. It's, a, it's yes, it is a love story, and yes, it belongs. Kind to of, week, but it's more to me like a fantasy movie or fairy tale week or uh, William Goldman week or uh, it's just. God. Our love is like I, a I, 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 I'm with Darren story. on the the, uh, the the when Harry met Sally. Now you guys are on Princess Bride. Yeah, well, but I, I think you know, with a couple well-placed kicks in the nuts. <laughs> I was gonna say fibers. Oh, you might change your mind. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> who's buying dinner? Yeah. <laughs> um. Wow. Okay. So we may well. we may be in a deadlock. We may be in a deadline. We might have to have. How a... do you vote on Cardon admission? <laughs> well, it's, it's the it's the Sorry, Rob Reiner double feature of when Harry and Sally. And the do we have to have Ryan. a special Love Week Sunday night movie? No, <sighs> no, because that opens a whole can, can of worms. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. so many movies that belong. You know that we. I mean, we talked about worms, Roxanne. Worms. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, look, there's so many other movies. Gone with the Wind, Annie Hall. I mean, it's like so. I, I don't want to open that door. Okay. I think we need to commit to Friday. Choose, and perish. What does Bill Ritter think? He's not, he's not voting. He's not voting. He's shaking he's his head. My wife likes Dr. Zhivago. Oh, oh no. Dr. Zhivago. His wife yeah. likes Dr. Zhivago. He's not helping us. The ultimate vegetable. So, you know. <laughs> well, that's, you know, their love story is Brief encounter. you know, a staple of film going back to the very beginning. There's so many fabulous love stories. It's hard to narrow it down. Um, As you see. Okay, well. I mean, well, let's just go with When Harry Met Sally. Okay. I mean, it's a popular choice. People like it. I like it fine. It's just not my favorite. Okay. Look, I, you know, and that... it is a nice, happy. You know, it's a happy movie. It's good. We've had a couple of movies with downer endings, and we've had a couple with. Happy I mean, movies, what has so. more downer ending than Empire Strikes Back? It's the end of the saga. <laughs> we don't know if How, uh, what happens. What's yeah. going to happen? <laughs> you know, Han Solo has been captured movie. and sent to Jabba the Hutt. Um, another good love. Hand. Another good love story. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, look, I'm 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 glad. I, I like when Harry met Sally a lot more than you do, Steve. I'm with Darren on this. I think it's a really really great movie. It is warmed over Woody Allen, but even warmed over Woody Allen still tastes great. It's like cold pizza is still good, um, and it's better than cold pizza. Monday, Harrison Ford is John Book in Witness. Tuesday, Steve Martin's L.A. Story. Wednesday. Wednesday, time-traveling Ashley what? appears <laughs> and convinces Ashley that, uh, you know what? I'm swapping Breakfast at Tiffany's into oh. Wednesday. I think that is an... I commend you, sir. Well done, time-traveling Ashley. That is an excellent, excellent... He you know averted what? catastrophe. Good. Apocalypse. <laughs> we would be mocked mercilessly on Twitter and Instagram, yeah. on, on our Facebook at 4.30 Movie, uh, for, for months had Ashley not, uh, time-traveling Ashley not convinced uh, <laughs> present Ashley, and, 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 and you don't even have to let Edith Keeler get hit by a truck. Um, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Breakfast, Breakfast at Tiffany's. On Thursday, a kiss is just a kiss, a sigh is just a tie. As time goes by, Casablanca is our Thursday film. And Friday... And a thigh is just a thigh. And a thigh is just a thigh. <laughs> says the colonel. And, <laughs> and on Friday, it's when Harry met Sally. It was murder. No, it was. <laughs> I'll have what she's having. I'll yeah. have what she's having here on the 430 movie. Well, I, I have to say this was another interesting week for the the gang here at the 430 movie. I'll be interested to see what our listeners have to say. Um, do you agree with Ashley, future Ashley, or, or present Ashley? <laughs> I don't know. Of course, when they hear it, it'll be in the future. 
So it'll be like either you agree with present Ashley or past Ashley. Ashley. Wow. And by the time, time this, by the time this appears on air, it will change many times. It'll be Glenn or Glenda. Um, <laughs> we'll be back next Friday with an all new episode of the 4:30 Movie. Wherever you listen to podcasts, it's good that you change your vote because. You know, we were auditioning replacements for you. Oh. Meanwhile, uh, we hope you'll check out our sibling shows, Inglorious Trexperts, the ultimate Star Trek podcast with Darren and myself, Disco Nights, a celebration of Star Trek Discovery featuring host Chase Masterson and special guests, which include Ashley Miller. Meanwhile, if you want to check out previous episodes of the 430 Movie or purchase some of our great 430 Movie logo wear, you can go to 430movie.com or suggest future theme weeks or tell us how we screwed up or tell... Ashley, how he was a hero um, <laughs> at 430 Movie Podcast, at 430 Movie Podcast um, or on Facebook or YouTube at 430 Movie. And if you're feeling really generous, please go on Apple Podcasts and rate us five stars. It only takes a second. Do it. And finally, a very special thanks to everyone here at Electric Surge for making this show possible. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Natalie. Woohoo! And until next week, on behalf of Stephen, Ashley, Darren and myself and future Ashley. <laughs> Thanks for joining us here on the 430 movie. Eyewitness News starts now. This episode is brought to you by Central Services. We do the work, you do the pleasure. This podcast is a production of the Electric Surge Network.